I greet you in the name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This morning, we want to talk uh, under the topic, or the topic of the teaching or preaching of today is the church. We, we want to talk about who the church is or what the church is. So we'll start in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. So verse 10. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. As, as our introduction. I'm reading in the NIV or New International Version. The Bible says his intent was that now through the church the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Hallelujah. So we want to start by saying that God has a purpose for the church. That God has an intention about the entity or institution called the church. And, and, and the Bible says that his purpose or his intention is that his wisdom might be known to the principalities through the church. So, so God wants to use uh, the institution called the church to show forth his glory. He wants to use the institution called the church to show forth his wisdom. So, 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 so God could use us individually but he prefers to use us as a group called the church. Because he has a purpose for the church. And his purpose is to display his wisdom. And he will use the vehicle called the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this is what Jesus say also about the church. In, in Matthew chapter 16 verses 17 and 18. It, it, it's where he was talking to his disciples. And he asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? And some say, they say you are a prophet. Some say you are Jeremiah. Some say you are Elijah. And, and he asked, who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and says, and he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And, uh, and uh, in, in, in verse 17, this is what Jesus says to Peter. He says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And he says, and I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hate shall not prevail against it. Simon Simon 
ukuchile longubawo semazulini namke ndithi kuwe ungupetros wena ndiyakulakhela phezu kwa ibandla lam namasango elabafileyo akayikuloyisa haleluya haleluya so that's, that's what Christ said about the church. He says, with regard to this entity called the church. He says the gates of hell will not prevail against it. By the gates of hell, he's referring to the authorities and principalities of darkness. He says they will not prevail against it. And he says, this church of mine, I'm going to build it. And I will build it on a rock or on a foundation. And, 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 and the rock or the foundation is not Peter the person. But the rock or the foundation is the truth that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the Living God. And, and, and Jesus says, on this revelation, on this truth, that I am the Christ, I, I am the Savior. He says, on this revelation, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So that's what Christ said about the church. So that is the prophecy about the church. Or, or that is the destiny about the church. So, so, so the church has got a victorious destiny. The church is not weak and defeated. But the church is powerful and strong. The church is victorious. Jesus says, on this rock, I will build my church. So, uh, in, in, when you do buildings, you, you understand that the, the, the foundation is very important. For, for, for it is the foundation that determines the strength of the building. So, so, so the foundation is very important. Jesus gives a parable. He says there were two houses that were built. One was built upon the sand. He says the other one was built upon the rock. He says the storms came and, and they hit against the two houses. Let me tell you that in life storms come and they will hit against you. But what determines your strength it is the foundation. And the foundation is Jesus. That's why Paul says, he says, be careful how you build. For no man can lay a foundation except the foundation that has been laid, which is the Lord Jesus. And, and Jesus, as he gives this parable, he says the storm hit against the house. And, and the house that was built on the sand, it experienced a great fall and collapse. But the house that was built upon the rock was able to withstand the storms, was able to remain standing, was able to remain victorious even in the midst of the storm because it was built on the rock. And that rock has a name. His name is 
Jesus, Son of the living God, is the victorious King. He is the Lord undefeated. Upon Christ the rock we stand. And all other ground is sinking sand. But he is the rock. So he prophesies the future of the church. He says the future of the church is glorious. It's victorious. He says, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The enemy will not prevail against it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we want to talk about five, six, seven things. So, that talks about who the church is or what the church is. So, we're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Because of time, we'll just read verse 27. But it, it, from the beginning, it talks about the different gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then when it continues, Paul talks about the different members in the body of Christ. That every member has a role that they play. So Paul gives a metaphor of the church. And, 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 and in, in, in chapter 12, verse 27, reading in the New King James verses, version, it says, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. So the first thing that we learned this morning with regard to who the church is. The Bible says the church is the body of Christ. So corporately or as a group, we are the body of Christ. And individually, we are parts or organs of it. And the Bible says that Christ is the head of of this body. So the first thing that we learn is that the church is the body of Christ. And that Christ is the head of this body. And that we find in Colossians chapter 1 verse 18. That Christ is the head of the body. In, 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 in Colossians 1 verse 18, the Bible says, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, 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 our Lord Jesus Christ is the head of this entity called the church. The Bible says that in all things he may have the preeminence. That means he must have a position of honor. That, that, that means he must be honored. That means he has the highest rank. So, 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 so he is the head and he has the highest position in the church. 
So the first thing that we learned this morning is that the church is the body of Christ. And individually we are part of that body. And when you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Bible says the, 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 the Holy Spirit has equipped each member in the church with different gifts for the benefit of the whole church. So we need each and every one of you because there is something that the Lord has given you for each and every one of us. So we also need you to help us. We need you to work with us. We need you to also bring your gift and your talents and your abilities and your resources to the fore. Because you are a member of this part. Who is the church? We'll continue to read in chapter 12. It says the eye cannot say to, to the body that I'm not part of you. It's, it says the hand cannot say to the body I'm not part of you. So do not define yourself outside the church. You must define yourself within the church. Because you have a role to play in the church. We need you to play a role in the church so that we are able to achieve what God has called us to achieve. Because together we are this body of Christ. And Christ is the head of this body. And he's the one who's got the highest rank. So he's the one who is the major one. So we are the minor ones. He is the major one. Because he must have the preeminence. He's the one who's got the highest rank in the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are moving forward. Who is the church? The church is also a spiritual house. Individually, we are living stones. And Christ is the chief cornerstone. And we find that in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 to 7. 1 Peter chapter 2, from verse 4 to 7. This is what the Bible says. Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God, and precious, you also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elected precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
kodwa linyuliwe nguthixo lingqabile nani ngokwenu njengamatye aphilileyo yakhekani nibe yindlu eyomoya isibingelelo esingcwele sokonyusa imibingelelo eyomoya eyamkeleka kakuhle kuyo uthixo ngoYesu Kristu kungoko ikhoyo nokubakho isibhalweni indawo ethi yabona ibeka izioni ilitye lembombo elinyuliweyo elinqabileyo lowo ukholwayo kuyo akayikukha adaniswe kuni ngoko bakholwayo liyimbeko ke kwangokwemvelo ilitye abancekisayo abakhi lelona laba yinhloko yembombo haleluya praise the lord the church is a spiritual house Individually, we are living stones. And Christ is the chief cornerstone. So, when you build, you can build either with stones or with bricks. But in the past, it was more, uh, most of the time, people will build using stones. So they will put stones together. And in the process of building, the, 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 the builders will take a stone and put it on top of one another. But when, when they come to the corner of the building, they need to use the chief cornerstone which will connect the two walls of the building. So therefore, the cornerstone becomes the most important stone in the building. And, and, and Paul says, you are living stone. And, 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 and Christ is the chief cornerstone. And he says Christ, he, when, when he describes the Pharisees, he says the Pharisees are like the builders who rejected this stone. And, and this stone became the chief cornerstone. So while the, while the Pharisees who were the builders, while they were in the process of building and they saw the stone called Christ. They put it aside and they continued building and when they encountered this stone they put it aside and they continued building but when they came to the corner of the building they had to look for a more important stone not just any ordinary stone so as they went among the stones they realize but this stone that we have been rejecting is the one that fits to be the cornerstone for it is the most important stone in the building process without it we cannot continue without it we cannot go forward in the building process for this is the chief cornerstone the most important stone and Paul says he says church you are the living stone and Christ is the chief cornerstone the most important stone in this building that's who the church is and that's who Christ is in the church hallelujah, hallelujah. number three the church is a priesthood and Jesus is the high priest. And we find that in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. 
It says you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And I want... Hallelujah. Amen. I also want to read with it Revelations chapter 5 verse 9 to 10. The Bible says and they sang a new song saying you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth avuma ingoma entsha esithi ufanele ukuyithabatha incwadi nokuwavula amatywina ayo ngokuba wena waxhelwa wasithenga kuba sibe ngabakathixo ngalo igazi lakho siphuma kuzo zonke izizwe nelwimi nabantu nenhlanga hallelujah and i also want to read with it hebrews chapter 4 verses 14 the bible says seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens jesus the son of god let us hold fast our confession. Hallelujah. The, the church is a priesthood and Jesus is the high priest. In, 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 in Peter, the Bible says we are a royal priesthood. In, in, in Revelation, the Bible says Jesus died for us on the cross. With his blood, we were washed. And he has redeemed us to God by his blood. And he has made us priests unto God. And in Hebrews 4.14, the Bible says, Jesus is our high priest. So we learn that the church is it's a congregation of priests. And, 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 and Jesus is the high priest. So in the, in the Old Testament, the priests were serving in the courts of the temple. So the priests were the ones who were serving in the temple. But the, the temple was divided into three parts. So it had the outer, the outer court, which is where the nation of Israel will meet. But that's where they will end. 
And then the priest will go into the part called the holy place. And there they will serve in the holy place. And then the, the, the high priest will go into the part called the most holy place. And, and, and that's where the presence of the Lord will reside. Now the, the, the holy place, between the holy place and the most holy place, there was a curtain that divided the two parts. Therefore, the priests, as they serve in the temple, they could not go beyond the, the, the curtain or the veil. They were only restricted to serve in the temple. Now, something significant happened when the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross. The Bible says when he died on the cross, the veil that separated the holy place from the most holy place was torn in two. So suddenly the priests were now in the presence of the Lord. So, so suddenly the way was now open for the priests to serve in the presence of the Lord. Now, the book of Hebrews says the body of Christ was that veil. So it had to be torn. So the, the, the crucifixion of the Christ was also the tearing up of the curtain that separated the priest from the most holy place. That separated the priest from the presence of the Lord. So because of that veil, they could not go into the presence of the Lord. So that veil had to be torn. Meaning that Christ had to be crucified. His body had to be broken for us. That's why he says to the church, he says, this is my body broken for you. So his body had to be broken so that the priest may go into the presence of the Lord. So that the priest may find themselves in the presence of the Lord so that the priest can fellowship with the Father because of the crucified Christ because of the curtain that was broken the curtain that was torn in two so the church is, is the congregation of priests serving in the presence of the Lord. Serving the Lord in his presence. Not from the outer court. That's why Paul made this invitation. He says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may find favor we may find mercy we may obtain grace right in our time of need because now there is no hindrance the Christ has been crucified and that is the good news to the church that is the good news to the world is that the Christ has been crucified that his body has been broken that his body has been torn in two that his body has to be crucified so that you and I can be saved. You and I can be reconciled with the Father. That you and I can be one with the Father. So church is a priesthood of believers. And Jesus is the high priest. 
priest. For the Bible says, seeing that we have the great high priest. Jesus, the son of God. He says, therefore, let us hold fast to our confession. Because it, it, it continues to say, this high priest of ours, he is able to have sympathy with our weaknesses because he is our high priest. He is our advocate. He is able to say to the Father, my body was broken for them. He is able to say to the Father, my blood was shed for them. He is our intercessor praying for us. So the church is, is the priesthood. And Jesus is the high priest. Number four. The church is or are the branches. And Jesus is the tree. And we find that in John 15 verse 5. It says... He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I also want us to read in, in, in Romans chapter 11, verses 17 and 21. Where, where, where Paul makes an example about Israel and the Gentiles. And, and, and how they were grafted into this tree. Paul says, he says, if some of the branches were broken off, and you being a wild olive tree were grafted in among them, and with them became a partaker of the root and the fatness of the olive tree, do not boost against the branches. But if you do boost, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say then, branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well said. Because of unbelief, they were broken off. And you stand by faith. Do not be haughty, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The, the church are the branches. And, and, and Christ is the tree. And, and Paul makes an example about the olive tree. Olive tree. And, 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 and he also makes an example about the wild olive tree. Uh, uh, he's saying that the, so, so in his example he says the olive tree let's say the olive tree is, is, is the nation of Israel so, so because that, that is the chosen nation and, and, and the wild olive is the, is the Gentiles or all other nations so, so, so Paul also writes he says salvation is to the Jew first and then to the Gentiles so, 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 so Paul says in this olive tree the natural branches were cut off because of unbelief. He says some of Israel were removed from their natural tree. 
Because they did not believe that Jesus is the Christ. And, and, and some of them are still waiting for the Christ or for the Messiah to come. And, 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 and Paul says, because of this unbelief, they were cut off. And he says, he says to the Gentiles, says, Gentiles, because of your belief, you were grafted in. And he says, but you Gentiles, do not be proud or do not be arrogant because it is by faith that you were granted in, that you were grafted in. And it was by their unbelief that they were cut off. Because Christ is that olive tree. And, and, and salvation is for the Jew first. And then for the Gentiles. So, so, so the Gentiles is all the other nations that are not the Jews. So, so, so the Gentiles is not only black people or Africans. But Europeans and white people are also Gentiles. So everybody who is not of the nation of Israel when the Bible talks about the nations or the Gentiles, it refers to them. And he says, Israel, because of their unbelief, were cut off from the tree. Gentiles, because of, the, of their belief, they were crafted into the tree. And, 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 and Christ is that tree. Christ is that olive. And, 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 and Paul makes this prophecy as well. He says, when Israel believe, they will also be granted into this tree. Because we stand by faith. We fall by unbelief. And because of that principle, those who are believing get crafted into the tree. Those who are not believing are cut off from the tree. So therefore, the church is the branches. And Jesus is the tree. Hallelujah. Now, if, if you look at a tree or if you have a fruit tree, it, it is the branches that bears the fruit. Not the tree or the stem itself. So, so the Lord has called us to bear much fruit. He says, he says, I've called you to bear fruit and to bear much fruit. So when the church or the branches are bearing fruit, it is the tree that gets the glory. It is the tree that gets the recognition. But it is the branch that is the full fruit bearing part of the tree. So the church is that is that branch. And the Christ is the tree. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number five. The church is the bride and Christ is the husband. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2, For I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you or promised you 
to one husband that I may present you as a chaste vision to Christ. In Revelation chapter 29, verse 9 to 10, the Bible says, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowels filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me saying, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and a high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Revelation chapter 9, verse 6 to 8. And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude as the sound of many waters and as the sound of mighty thundering saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and reign and give him glory for the marriage of the, of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The church is the bride and Christ is the husband. In Revelation, the Bible says, it says, it says, John, John, John says, it says, one of the angels said to him, I will show you the bride. He says, I, I will show you the lamb's wife. Referring to Christ as the husband. He says, this wife, when reading verse 19, says, this wife is arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. And he says, when he talks about this, this wife, he says, this fine linen, he says, it is the righteous acts of the saints. So, 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 so the wife of Christ is clothed in, in bright, white, fine linen. And then the Bible says, the person who's wearing these clothes are the saints. So it tells us the saints is the, Lord, is the Lamb's wife. And the Bible says they are righteous acts. They are the clothes that they are wearing. That's why in Isaiah, the Bible says your ordinary acts that you perform to, opt to obtain righteousness or salvation, they are like filthy wrecks. But when you come to Christ, he clothes you with righteous acts called righteousness. So, so, so therefore, righteousness is a gift that you receive through faith. 
So you come to Christ naked and unclothed. Because your own attempts to achieve to achieve salvation. Isaiah says they are like filthy wrecks. But when you come to Christ, he clothes you with righteous eggs. And then you are properly clothed. So Christ clothes his bride or his wife. With fine linen. And, 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 and this righteousness, the Bible says, it is by faith. Because the Bible says that Abraham believed God. And his faith in God was credited for righteousness. So when he believed God, then he was clothed. Then John says, he says, as they showed me this wife, he was clothed with acts of righteousness. He was not the wife that was not clothed. But he was clothed, but with acts of righteousness. And, 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 and this bride is the church. This bride are the saints. And Christ is the husband. Because the Bible says, let me show you the lamb's wife. Hallelujah. Let me show you the lamb's wife. And who is Christ? So the church is the wife. And Christ is the husband. Praise the Lord. And lastly, or second last, the church is the city of God. And Christ is the builder. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we've, we've already read this in Revelation chapter 29, verse 9 to 10. It says, Then one of the seven angels, who had the, the seven bowels filled with the seven last plagues, came to me and talked with me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. He carried me away in the spirit to a great and a high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God. So the church is that city. And Christ is the builder. Listen in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8 to 10. It says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called out to go to a city which he will receive as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in a land of promise as in a foreign country. Dwelling in tents in with Isaac and Jacob. The heirs of him of the same promise. For Abraham waited for a city with foundations. Whose builder and maker is God. So, so, so God promised Abraham a city that he will inherit. And God took Abraham to that city. 
The Bible says that no, 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 Abraham wanted a heavenly city. He, he, he wanted a city whose maker and builder is God. He wanted a heavenly Jerusalem. He wanted a city that was built by God. So in as much as he inherited a physical city, what he wanted was a spiritual city. He wanted a city that will descend from heaven the heavenly Jerusalem. And John in his vision, this is what he says. He says, one of the angels took me to a high mountain. The, the angel said to him, says, John, let me show you the Lord's wife. And he said, he took me to a mountain. And he showed me a city that was coming from God. That was the city that Abraham wanted to be part of. That was the city that Abraham waited for. A city that will be birthed from God. So in, in, in short, Abraham wanted to be of the church. But the church could only be born after Christ has died. The, the church could only be born after Christ has been crucified. So even though Abraham inherited a physical city, he waited for the coming of the church. He, he waited for a city with foundation. A city that will come out from God. A city whose builder and maker is God. Abraham wanted to be part of the church. Abraham wanted to be part of those who are born in God. Abraham wanted to be part of what God will be doing in this day and age. So he waited for a city. The heavenly Jerusalem. The city of God. So the church is that city of God. The heavenly Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's stand on our feet. This way we are closing it this morning. About who the church is. The church is the body of Christ. Is the city of God. Is the branches to this great tree. And the church has a great future in God. A great and a glorious future. And, and, and God has a purpose for the church. He has a plan for the church. You see, God wants to glorify himself. The glory and the honor is his. And he will use the entity called the church. For the church is that body whose head is Christ. Hallelujah, we're going to pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we give you the glory, we give you the praise. The honor, the glory, the adoration is yours. You are the head. You are the head, we are the body. Jesus, we honor you. Take a place of honor in our midst. Take a place of honor. Jesus, you are Lord. 
We are your people. We are your servants. Use us. Jesus, you are the head of the body that in all things you may have the preeminence. Jesus, we give you the praise. Jesus, we give you the praise. Jesus, we give you the praise. While we remain in prayer, while we remain in the spirit of prayer, we want to pray with those who want to be part of the church, the body of Christ. We want to pray with those who wants to be born again. We say, preacher, we heard the word. We also want to be counted amongst the city of God. We we also want to be these stones in this beautiful city, in this beautiful building. We want to be counted amongst the stones under this chief cornerstone who is Jesus the Christ. So if you are in this place, I want to be born again. I want to be part of God. I also want to be one with Christ. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. We want to pray with you. We want to give you this opportunity to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. So while we are praying, we want you to come to the fourth and we will pray with you. We say, Jesus, I want to make you the Lord and Savior of my life without any waste of time. I want you to walk to the fourth so that we may pray with you. We want you to come we are calling you we say come to Jesus come he wants to save your soul he wants to write your name in the book of life in the book of life we want you to come we want you to come come to the fourth and come quickly this is your time this is your moment the Bible says now is the time to be saved the time is now when you hear the word of the Lord when you hear the, the calling of the Holy Spirit do not harden your heart but come